and divorce conversations, where we analyze, navigate, and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisselman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to discuss a fascinating topic called perceptions. Now, it might meet, be simpler than meets the eye. However, as you will listen to this podcast today, you will discover that perceptions play a crucial role in the impact they have on relationships and how much if a person puts in work in this area alone, they could make an enormous shift in the dynamic in their relationship. I'll just give you an example. I was working with a couple uh, this past week, and in the course of that session, one of the partners was discussing how he experienced his wife, and as a result of his perception of how she related to the things that he shared with her, he responded in kind. And by the end of the session, through the power of Imago work that we do with our clients, he came to see that what he previously thought was his wife's reality actually turned out to just be his perception. And he really kind of sat there, scratched his head, and started wondering, oh my gosh, for a year, I've spent time with so much negative energy, so much negative emotion, all based on perception. And the question that then bothered him and he wanted me to help him figure out is, how do I not allow this to happen again? To spend a year, after all, with thoughts that are based on a vision that is not even real, that's a pretty painful realization to have because it hit him then, like a ton of bricks, that he really could have maintained a very different relationship with his wife if only his perception was not driven by what he perceived with his eyes but by the clarity that he was, would be able to see in, through the objective lens. And that is the struggle that we all go through, the battle between our subjective perception and the objective reality. How do we make our way from a place of subjectivity to a place where we see with clarity what actually is taking place for our spouses, our partners, and by way of extension, any other relationship in our lives? I mean, how many times I sit with clients in my office that are more based on parent-child relationship, based on their employer-employee relationship, where the dynamic is skewed and is affected purely by perceptions and not by an objective reality? How does one journey from the world of perception towards this concept of objective reality, where I see you for who you are, not for who I think of you to be? who I perceive you to be, who I would like you to be, who I don't want you to be. All these things we live out in our lives, whether in romantic lives, in our professional lives, in our friendships, and in our families. The first place where the journey begins is how we communicate. Because the way we communicate with those people with whom we attempt to engage in some level of relationship, that plays a massive role in the way we perceive them and the extent to which we understand them as we want to see them versus the way we understand them as reality is. And that step tends to be really hard for many people. And I sometimes wonder as I sit and work with clients 
why is it that it's so challenging for people to make their way towards objective perception as opposed to only what I want to see, what I choose to see, or what I have convinced myself that I should see. Now, that is beyond the scope of this podcast, who we are, where we come from, what shapes our views, or in the world of Imago land, we call this childhood wounds, and how those childhood experiences inform us and shape our worldviews, and therefore, in turn, shape the way we interact with people. There will be podcasts in the future where I will discuss how the past informs our present and therefore shapes our future. But today, let's just focus on one area of where relationships so terribly suffer, and that is within the realm of perceptions. The way the typical communication flows in a relationship is I interact with you, whether by form of questions, by text messages, by emails, by a conversation whether it's casual, whether it's deep and meaningful conversation, but some form of communication unfolds between us. And during the course of that communication, I get to form ideas in my mind of who you are, what makes you tick, um, what you love, what you hate, what you enjoy, what you cherish. All of these things play out in my mind. But the question is, are they playing out in your mind as well? How real are they to you? And the problem is, is that most of us in the course of our interactions with people do not actually check in with the other, whether our perceptions are actually true and they bear out to be real in the objective sense of the word. And instead, what I do is I go home filling, filling my mind with a fantasy of who you are, or to be more precise, who I think you are or who I believe you are to be. That is very different than me actually knowing you. So if you could just imagine two partners are sitting, or spouses are sitting at a dinner table, or they're out in a restaurant and they're having a casual conversation. And in the course of that conversation, one of them shares something personal, meaningful, something frustrating that took place at home or at work. And the other one, you know, may shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, I hear you. And in their own head say, wow. I've told them so many times to do X, they still haven't done it. What else did they expect was going to happen? But you know what? I'm done butting in. I'm done weighing in and giving my own opinion because, hey, I know where that gets me. That only gets me in trouble. That only gets me to a place of fighting and tension. Well, why would I want that? I don't need that type of a connection or relationship. In fact, that's not a connection or relationship at all. So you know what? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and let the person tell me whatever they want to tell me. Or, those who do actually have real exchanges, what tends to happen is one partner shares what actually goes on in their day and the other one refutes it, challenges it, undermines that other, the other person's experience. Why does this go on and why do these types of interactions take place far more frequently than the interactions that are based on empathy, love, connection, understanding, support? I believe that one big reason that that goes on is a number of reasons, but one of the big reasons is because of the power of perception. The way I see you is the way I relate to you. And what I do not see about you, I will struggle, if at all, even put on my radar to be part of reality that I need to relate to. So if I can't really get sense of what your pain looks like right now, if I don't really have any understanding of what it means for you to be frustrated right now, what it means for you to be hurt by the way 
um, coworker treated you, your boss treated you, the way the children spoke to you. If I don't pause and really take in what it's like for you, then all I have is my perception of you. All I have is my own sense, who you are, what's happening for you, what makes you tick. And the problem with that is that I'm not really seeing you. All I'm seeing is an image of you that I'm projecting onto you through my own mind, right? Think about that for a minute. All I'm doing is projecting my image of you onto you. And therefore, I don't see you. I see this costume, a suit that I've placed over you through my own perception. And the tragedy of that is there's no connection from that place. At least there's no real connection. All there is is some fake manufactured, feign appearance of connection. But there isn't real connection because after all, I'm not interacting with you. I'm only interacting with a image of you that I've created in my own mind. And therefore, how often, you know, if you think about maybe your friends or people you've interacted or maybe even in your own life, how many times I get to hear line like, he doesn't really understand. She doesn't really get me. Where's that coming from? Where do people come up with these lines? Well, where they came up from is a strong, itching, burning desire inside of them. They keep selling them the person that I'm trying to connect to, the person with whom I'm trying to experience intimacy, a real deep connection, a place of vulnerability. I do not feel I'm noticed. I do not feel heard, and I certainly do not feel seen. Well, why does that happen? That happens because a human being is wired with a really fascinating sensory system for the dynamics, specifically of a romantic kind. And when I say a sensory system, I don't necessarily refer to, you know, your sense of smell, your sense of touch, your sense of taste. I'm talking about that there is a whole separate system built in there, inside of each one of us, that can detect when somebody's reaching out to us genuinely, and when somebody's reaching out to us in some fake, superficial way, we know it. One time, Supreme Court Justice said that somebody says, when, how do you know that something is pornography or something is inappropriate? And his response is, I'll know it when I see it. Right? What was he really referring to? He's referring to this, this, all of us have this instinct, right? You can go out on a date with someone and you're sitting there and you're just like, wow, we clicked. What do we really mean when we say these types of words? Besides the fact that there might be just a natural um, sexual attraction, just just natural drive uh, to connect. What we're really saying when we say these types of lines is, I feel right now this person really sees me. Not perception of me, but they really see me. And this is the type of um, challenge that enters lives of so many couples, which is even when they began off on a really nice note and with a real sense of connection and a sense of being seen and, and feeling like the other person really hears me, really understands me. Something happens during the course of the relationship. And the, the, what tends to happen is people tend to drift. And instead of continuously reinvesting into the relationship, right, just like any other area of life that we cherish, right, if I or don't want to start having a, a, um, being overweight and having a floppy, floppy, floppy stomach, I'm going to go to the gym. I have to continue going. I can't just stop. So too, if I want to have a dynamic, healthy relationship built on that connection that we experienced early on in the relationship, that requires continuous input from each partner. That requires continuously reinvesting into the relationship. 
And so what tends to happen is people get so busy with their lives and throughout that journey, as they continue living, they accumulate new knowledge, new information. People transform, people go through changes as they grow in, in their awareness of the world and becoming wiser. But tragically what suffers is that they don't keep up with each other and don't give each other opportunity to really be seen and heard by their partner. And so that relationship, which remains an autopilot, all of a sudden starts experiencing some real stress testing. And what that stress testing is going to look like is I show up to you and I have a conversation with you, and all you feel by the time we're done is I'm just trying to fix you, I'm trying to solve you, but I don't see you. And what you want from me, and this is true for so many couples, I, I hear this over and over with couples that I work with, is that more than you helping me solve a problem, more than that, what I seek out from you, what I desire so much to have in my life, is experiencing you from a place where I feel like you really get me, like you really see what I'm going through. And if I tell you something's frustrating going on at work, or something's frustrating going on with my family, I'm sharing these things with you, not because I want you to offer solutions, but because I want to feel that I'm seen by you, that you can hold my world, you can hold space for me, in which I could just be safe with my feelings. Because after all, what's an everyday normal adult life looks like, right? It's constantly problem, problem solving, troubleshooting, scheduling things. Everything's intellectual. Everything is built around the mental experience. Very few times do we have throughout our day, weeks, <clears throat> and even lives, opportunity to also experience ourselves in the place of emotion. And that is also a big reason why so many people will continue to crave romantic connection. Something about that intrigues us. Something about feeding our emotional worlds keeps us going, keeps us enchanted, interested, engaged to want to get more. And what winds up happening is we wanted to just show up in our lives in this magical way without the work and effort needed. And what that work and effort looks like is us being able to sit down and have a real conversation in which we're able to diffuse, neutralize, and remove the perception lens and see each other through our genuine, real eyes from a place of compassion, a place of safety, a place of genuine care. And on that day, when that happens, is when we could take a deep breath and say to ourselves, I feel right now so heard by you. I feel so accepted by you. I feel like you really get me. Is that not the feeling we're all so desperately seeking out? Is that not the experience you so crave to have? And not just in a passing way when we go on vacation to an exotic island or some getaway and we quote unquote had fun together. The moments that really define our lives, if you think about it, is the moments where we paused, stopped, and perhaps over a drink, sat across each other in comfortable chairs, in a nice ambiance, locked eyes, and exchanged words that left us feeling vulnerable, but safe, cherished, and in a place of connection. And that's something that can only happen when perceptions are removed. So how do we do this? And like in every podcast, I like to leave my listeners with some concrete tool that they could take home, try out on their spouse, on their partner, on their coworker, on their boss, on their kids, 
whoever it is you interact with whom you would like to have closer relationship than just perceptions. You want to have real connection, sit down. You could say, hi, I'd like to have a conversation with you about how I perceive you. It would now be a good time, right? As you mentioned, we talk about another podcast, timing is everything so crucial. You ask for that appointment, you show the respect to the other person's time, you show them the respect that maybe they're not prepared to engage you in that vulnerable real way. So you ask, is now a good time? I'd like to share with you perception of him. And then the person gives you confirmation. Yes, absolutely. I am available. What would you like to talk about? That's when you throw in, you now say, well, I've been, I perceive you as being this way. And you fill in the blank. I've been experiencing you as you're possessive lately. Um, I've been experiencing you as withdrawn. I'm experiencing you as uh, short fused and easily angered. I would like to discuss with you this. What has it really been like for you? Would that be okay? Let the other person say, yeah, sure, we can talk about it. And then you can go ahead and now ask a series of questions. For example, I, I always direct couples to then follow up with questions such as, can you help me understand what is the reason why you react the way you do in this situation and give a concrete example? You know, when I offered to drive my mother to the airport and it was on the evening of our date, you seemed very short and you were snappy and you spoke to me in a way that I perceived, see, there it is, I perceived as if you were upset. Can you help me understand? Were you upset? And if the person tells you, yes, I was upset, now you can, you can probe. You could explore together. So can you help me understand what, what exactly upset you? Because I'd like to know what can we do differently so that next time you will not be so upset. And let the other person share with you, well, it upsets me that you choose your mother over me. Or I don't feel I'm a priority in your life. And, that, and that's where the whole conversation cannot fall. But notice what I did. I didn't say, ask them, can I talk to you about your perceptions of me? Because typically that already implies that I have something to pick battle with you on. There's already something that bothers me about the way you operate. That will never be good. Usually, when we show up that way to our partners, they will only experience them themselves from a place of defensiveness, and they will feel probably hurt and attacked, and therefore, they will go into defense mode, and they will not be available for a quality, meaningful connection. And therefore, what do you do? My rule of thumb always is lead by example. In a relationship, lead by example. And how do you do that? You say, can I talk to you about my perception of you? Because when you're done and if you deliver that in a real safe and genuine way and you show your partner that you're really trying to understand them and trying to connect to them, what's going to happen is they will naturally will want to reciprocate. In a normal, healthy relationship, when one person reaches out in a genuine way, it is very normal and typical the other person to reciprocate and reach out as well. I pose to you this challenge. Try it out the next time you have a chance to sit either with your partner, spouse, your kid, your supervisor, or family member. See how it goes. And if you have any follow-up questions or comments, always feel free to reach out. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.